1: Welcome back to the Ice Coffee Hour once again. My name is Andre Jack. I'm joined here by my two co-hosts. What's up, Graham and Jack? Graham and Jack. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Graham, Welcome, guys.
2: Hey, how's it going? We can't skip this without talking oh, about gosh. what happened. You were in a fight. I was in a. I got in a fight with Michael Reeves. Oh my gosh! I lost.
3: He, he oh said. Gosh. He said he didn't want to save money, and you were like, "That's unacceptable. I will fight you." Is I tried to,
2: I tried to teach him a lesson, but he's too quick. Oh. He dodges. He Bobs his head back and forth and he gets a few good shots. He's got in there. that Pacquiao yeah. blood in there. He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in all seriousness, yeah. you were it was uh, I dub's like a uh, charity match. Yeah, it was okay. called Creator Clash. And okay. I think there were eight or nine uh no, sorry, uh eight or nine on each each t- side so 18 okay. total people who boxed each other wow. and uh yeah that was just a few days ago every yeah. time i
1: try to explain this creator clash to my non like social media friends they're like i don't understand why are youtubers boxing each other can you kind <laughs> yeah. of like help explain why what is this
2: fad what is it tr- what is this trend like what's it about yeah. i don't fully understand it either to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't get it uh, i think it's so different and it's it's interesting to see the people that you watch Fight each other like yeah. it, it's it's probably the most like unorthodox thing you could ever imagine. It's take someone from who makes videos behind a computer screen yeah. to like fight in person against someone else yeah. who you watch. No, you're right. It's yeah. like it's like
1: people that are not professionals. It's so interesting to watch them go at it because you're like, wait, th- these are not pros. And I actually watched the event live. I was rooting for you, but uh, thanks, the one yeah. thing that I will say that I, I it's hard for me to watch when I watch boxing for like amateur sports. Is there's there's a certain level of fear that's expressed in people's faces that I don't see in pro boxing. Obviously mm. they do it professionally. Yep. But like normal people, and I know I would have that same look. Like if I step in the ring, like I'd be scared. Mm. And and it, it is that it's like, oh you could tell this like these people sometimes like they're scared. And, yeah. and it makes it harder to watch, but yet interesting at the same time. It's a weird yeah. Yeah, so
3: we definitely uh, applaud you, Graham, for sticking Thank with it you. and getting Thanks. in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. What, what were the nerves like right before you guys were going to fight? Like when they're announcing your names? Did how did you? No feel? nerves. No so nerves? I was no so nerves? happy. I was so wow. happy. Yeah, okay. I explained
2: it on the the podcast, but basically my nerves were so bad. I explained it like a bell curve. Okay. So in the very beginning, I wasn't nervous. The closer I got, the more nervous I got, and then the closer I got to the event, the less nervous I got because I was so scared that every day was like another day closer to getting it done with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so like that day, I was like, finally, like I could, tomorrow it's going to be done. I'm like counting the hours. mm Oh, it's almost done. So by the time I was like about to walk, I'm like, finally, I could get this over with because I'd been dreading it for such a long time and so scared and so nervous. Uh, Like losing sleep, having like these Panic attacks in the middle of the night. Like, I had one dream where I, uh, uh, they were counting down, the bell rang, and I was like on the stage, and I just like pass out. I just faint on stage. Whoa. And when I fainted button. on stage in that <sighs> dream, I woke up. I was like, I'm in bed. Oh my God. And Whoa. I had a panic. I'd like, this was like three o'clock in the morning, and my heart was racing, and I could not get it to like settle down. So that was the worst of it. But then anytime, even thinking about it, I get nervous. It would throw me off. I yeah. just have to like calm myself well, down. Well, I could tell you didn't so,
3: really want to talk about it because anytime no. I'd bring it up, you just shot it down. Yeah, so, I yeah.
2: told everybody, don't mention it. I yeah. don't want to hear about it. I know, I know, just yeah. don't mention it. Don't talk <laughs> about it because it, it would set me off on this path of anxiety. Yeah. I'd be mm. like, oh, no, I'm thinking about it and how that there's 30 minutes gone But now, yeah. every time you mention Graham, it, yeah. is it true that michael
1: stopped posting on youtube just to train no. for this he he's he not joking now oh. yeah.
2: look at his posting schedule he never Gosh. posts okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> he <laughs> never no it was a joke because it's like he'll post one video a year oh got
1: <laughs> it got it okay yeah. that's fair no yeah
2: for you uh
3: you know in terms of your performance did you even care or were you happy or were you unhappy like you know in terms of that that whole game
2: I definitely cared. Okay. You, I, you I think in the moment it's, it, there's so many things that like you forget everything, unfortunately. And okay. I think that's just something like you were mentioning. The pro fighters don't have that fear. Mm-hmm. I think it's because they've done it so often without the crowd. Like they might do a boxing match in front of 50 people, mm-hmm. but they'll do that so many times before they're actually anything that people would watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so for me doing that, I mean, it's just like everything I learned was. How many people were there? At Ten thousand people. Wow! Yeah, it sold out a lot. Yeah. Sold out. It was the first time they said they've ever sold out that arena. It was for that's that. That's insane! Wow! Yeah, that's so cool. And so it was like it was not only the people there, but it was also, no matter what I do, it's going to be viewed probably a few million times. And so like, I became super conscious and super aware of like how I looked. Mm-hmm. Probably a terrible thing to do, but. Uh, I was really just like self-conscious about like, did I throw the jab? Right. And Mm. so everything that I learned really within 30 seconds, like that's out the door. (laughs) I'm just going to try to survive. Will you ever box again? Um, I'm going to continue the training, Mm. but I'm not going to step in a ring. I mean, it would, it would just the anxiety that I went through. It's just not worth it. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. But I really, I I have to say like, I really enjoyed the training, so I'll continue training. And, uh was yeah. there anything you learned that
1: that like you learned immediately after the fight was was there something that you discovered about yourself or any like newfound discovery after the experience
2: uh probably that it, I guess nothing is as terrifying as that in comparison so for me that was like such a high threshold that everything else just pales mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah. for me it's I think I, I just have a new level of um, confidence that like nothing is that bad. Like nothing yeah. will be as bad as that. Mm. So if I can do that, I could do anything else. And so that's kind of what I've taken away from it. Were you surprised
3: by his ability? In the it was room? good. He was. <laughs> yeah. He was good.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, the first round, I felt like I got this. Okay, this is good. But he just went into this like <laughs> tech mode. The second yeah. this that second round, and uh, my gosh, he's he's got. The stamina mm-hmm. and he was technical i mean you could tell he from you know all the fighters he really dedicated so much time and really got it down and uh you know he was just great in every way you, you
3: know who gets the biggest heart award for that night though it's iDubs, which is real name. Oh my name's gosh! Ian, right?
1: yeah. yeah, Ian, dude, that doctor guy dude. was a monster. I yeah, would was...
3: not want to fight him. He looked like an actual like.
1: He looked like a real body. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like you're his right.
3: body, his shoulders, his back. I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh! Like, and maybe he, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, did he take it easy on on Ian? I, I, I like, do I, don't I know. wonder that? Because I'm like, dude, he looked like. No disrespect to Ian, but they look like they shouldn't even have been sharing the same ring. Like that. But I will say
1: Ian could take a punch. Yes! Man. Yeah. He he's could, a warrior. I, dude, he's got warrior. a steel chin because yeah. I would have been dead after that first. Yeah. Like... And
3: he was dead tired. He 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 has a lot of heart, man. Yeah. He has a lot of heart. He deserved like just for throwing you know, my gosh, man.
2: Crazy. You know it's nuts. Uh he said that he's gonna do it again. Oh wow. Yeah, he's doing creator clash two. Wow which uh you know i'm going to be so excited to be in the seats and watch (laughs) and not be in the ring i'll be so happy on that (sighs) but he's going to do it again and i think for him where where they went wrong and he's mentioned this too is that he boxed uh above his weight class so like he had to put a lot of weight just to get in the same range as dr mike Mm -hmm. where he probably should have been Slimming down and, and fighting in a, a you know, a smaller
3: yeah. bracket. And he still looked a good like twenty-five pounds yeah. lower, you know, than than that Dr. Mike. guy. I will Jeez. say I think
1: my favorite fight to have watched though was Justin Minx versus the other girl. Yeah, like, that was that was crazy. Was, yes. Yes. That one, the girls okay. fighting was just nuts to me, man.
2: Yes. <laughs> that that to me was the most intense I've ever seen. I was watching it on mm-hmm. the monitor and just I couldn't believe it. That girl's nose was I, just like yes. done. Wow! It was bad. Could not believe it. And then afterwards, apparently, Macy saw her just like just hanging out with everybody, like right afterwards. How did you <laughs> feel
1: afterwards? What was like? What did went you right feel? back to the room? You just went back to the room. Yeah. Did, did, did did you like physically hurt or everything?
2: Did, yeah, everything? I was out of it. I mean, I just could. I, I not that I couldn't talk, but you're so just mentally drained that mm. I couldn't think, couldn't put together much of a sentence. All I wanted to do was get in the shower, go to bed. That wow. was wow. it. Wow. Yeah. Dang, that's interesting. I thought i would be like, oh yeah, afterwards maybe we could all go out. Just, (laughs) oh gosh, no. But but Haley did. Yeah. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Hey man, you're a
1: winner in my book to have done that. That that takes so much courage. Yeah. That's that's crazy. That's
2: awesome. Well, there is creator clash too. So I'm (laughs) just saying, you guys can apply if you would like to. I
3: I couldn't do it because I know how much work I couldn't lose so my thing is like i I would be so embarrassed if i lost so i would train every day like my life was on the line and i know like because i competed in in high school and football and then track in college like i know what it's like to push myself so far behind beyond like what your body's like i would pass out every day like after track practice i would throw up every day and so like i know what i would push myself through and i don't want to do that like that's that's
1: it's, it's interesting it's you so say intense. that because i i echo that same thing because i would take it overboard like i would stop youtube completely like yeah. i would just not do anything yeah. i would focus that on that mm-hmm. and then the second thing and i think the biggest reason is that mentally i'm not there because i feel like to be your best self in boxing you have to be angry yep and just you just want to prove something yes. To like to win Yep. Like you have to want it. And yeah. I just I don't feel that. I'm yeah. not angry at anything particular so I'd, I Either, don't want to win. Neither was I. Yep. So I don't know if that I uh, think that's healthier to be yeah. honest. Yeah. You have to be angry and like just like, I want to smash yeah. my opponent and like prove something and I just don't feel that. Well, if there's someone you would fight, who would you fight? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Can you can you name a name? Can you get somebody nice out there?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Andre calls
1: out so and so. Just
0: give it give us a name. Nikocado Avocado, us. you're watching this. My challenge is still on the line. Uh, yeah, we told Alex yeah. he could fight Nikocado. Oh my god. that would
3: be an amazing fight. Oh, That's the one that eats a lot of food, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, the mukbangs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, I would find I'd find
0: Yeah, he would never
2: agree to do that, but crazy. Yeah. Wow. Funny, though.
1: Well, that's but, yeah, awesome. Respect, man. Other than that, what's happening in the market, Jeremy? <laughs>
3: uh, the market? Holy um, smokers. It ain't well, no jokers. We're starting to come back, but I don't know, guys. Uh, we'll see what happens. It uh, could go up, could go down. We'll see. No, but uh, in all seriousness, we're, we're bouncing. Uh, last three or four days have been really good in the market. Can
2: I tell you why? Why? I'm being serious. Don't tell me Jack sold. Jack sold.
3: Oh, my God. No kidding. Yeah, that's all it took. Yeah, that's he sold. So we
2: posted our video announcing that Jack had sold uh, his his stock, his especially his Robinhood stock. That's been the contention point between me and Jack. He sold his Robinhood stock. We posted that video at one p.m. At one ten p.m., Sam Bankman Freed from FTX announces that he's taken a seven eight percent ownership stake in Robinhood. It goes up thirty percent. You're kidding. Ten minutes after we made the announcement. How is that possible? What? And, and since he sold the market, go oh right back my up. God.
3: This is all it took. This is all it took. <laughs> I told you. I had to lose millions of dollars just for this. <laughs> Jack, <laughs> I oh told my gosh. You. you did I told tell you. me, yeah. you did tell me. Yeah. And Sam makes an investment. FTX US, our sponsor for today, <laughs> by the way, he makes that investment. And FTX, from my understanding, wants to get into stocks as well, which is amazing because they are the crypto exchanges trusted by millions Of users around the world, (laughs) millions, and uh, also some of the lowest fees out there. And Graham, take it away. (laughs) Jeremy,
2: you you are a natural at these integrations. uh, Where do you get it from? Week by week, Uh,
3: uh, (laughs) your your skills are rubbing off on me slowly. Okay.
2: (laughs) Anyway, FTX US is obviously the sponsor of uh, all of our episodes at this point, so we really appreciate them. If you're interested in signing up, they are one of the largest US regulated cryptocurrency exchanges in the world, with more than six million users who buy, sell, track, and trade both cryptocurrency and NFTs all in one place. They have no withdrawal fees. They have uh, no, is it no ACH fees too? And they have no gas fees in the top Ethereum and Solana collection. So if you want to be a part of them, uh, the link is down below in the description. And you get free crypto on every single trade. You make over $10. So
3: referral code MMFTX. Thank okay, you. MMFTX, make sure you plug that in. And yeah.
2: Get yourself some free Doge. Yeah. And they partner with Steph Curry. Tom Brady, Coachella, and the Miami Heat Arena. And Jeremy Lefebvre. And Jeremy Lefebvre. (laughs) We should have just mentioned Jeremy first. (laughs) Jeremy, Steph Curry. (laughs) (laughs) Just (laughs) throwing in Tom Brady. uh, For real, the link is down below in the description. If you want to support the channel, support FTX, and uh, that link is there. I want
3: to come back to the market, but you mentioned NFTs. Where do NFTs stand, Andre? Because I know you, you've you obviously dabbled in NFTs a bit and you're yeah. a little in that community. Yeah. But in all seriousness, with with crypto being a very tough place, yeah. stocks being a very tough place, where does NFT stand in this whole situation in the next six, 12, 18 months? It's interesting,
1: somebody asked me that recently and the way that I compared it to is the same as like art, high-end art. Mm. Where it's like, you could, let's say you owned, I don't know, uh, a, a piece, you know, a Banksy piece, okay. right? It might be worth whatever, a couple hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is, but mm-hmm. it's really More only worth a, uh, what, what d- depends on what you have. Yeah. But like it, it really only is worth what someone's willing to pay for it yeah. because there's no liquidity and it's not getting exchanged in the markets 24-7. Mm-hmm. So NFTs are just one of those things where, like let's say you had a board ape and it was worth whatever, $300,000. Doesn't mean that your board ape is $300,000 because it doesn't mean that someone's going to buy yours. Yeah, they might buy something sense. else yeah. because they are not fungible right so that it doesn't mean that you could liquidate yours very quickly Mm -hmm. so even though the prices have been falling they're kind of relatively stable ish in relation to everything else okay but i think to liquidate and actually sell it and get your money back and out of it is really hard
0: Mm, it's not
1: quite like real estate long but it's gonna take
2: a while to sell
0: Interesting. i wouldn't
2: even say that i'd say probably 99.9 is just worthless I I'll think be eventually down. it'll 1%. get there. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Eventually, I think
1: that'll happen. I don't think it's the case yet.
3: Are there still, like, let's say, board? Uh, what, what, the board age, are those yeah. the biggest still? Like, yes. Jeremy's uh, like, like,
2: the board gorillas. The board <laughs> monkeys. The board monkey. What is that board monkey? <laughs> uh, what does this
3: have to do with AMC stock? What does it <laughs> do with silver? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> silver. I've lost so much money on silver. That was my worst t- investment. T- uh, tell here. us about silver. How's that going? Awful. What? How could I buy silver and it goes down that much? Wait, right? how, we how told it, you. Wait,
1: how is it... How much has it gone down?
3: Over ten percent. Double kidding. Digits. Yeah, and no, it's not I haven't even held it that long. That's the why that's why you bought it. So
2: that it <laughs> I doesn't did, did Jack buy silver the day I bought silver? Gosh, that must have been it. He got a silver Jeremy, coin. But I don't right know. Day. But from the beginning, it's just like it shocked me that it should just be cash. I mean the the, the marginal loss that you make from inflation is not worth the risk of putting it in silver. Yeah, into but silver, silver does <laughs> way
3: better over a 10, 20 year span than
2: cash. Not no, not necessarily. It I does. mean. It it's not, does. but it's no. But if you look over a ten or twenty year period, you're not going to be in silver. You're going to be in stocks or like no, anything else. That money is, is an emergency be in, fund. In, yeah, you're exactly.
3: That's emergency fund money.
2: But it lost money
3: right now. Exactly. Yeah. So if I if I had an emergency <laughs> right now, I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the hundred k is now like I don't know but I like, eighty. But I feel like, but
2: I feel it was almost treated as an investment. Like you're investing the emergency fund in a way that beats you, at least inflation. Yes. yes. Right.
3: That's the goal. Is that that emergency money is like your dollars being destroyed all the time we know so the the goal is silver appreciates over time so that 100k let's say is all of a sudden worth 110 or 120 over time right but it's amazing that as soon as i put the money in it's just down in a straight line i'm like seriously but to be fair almost think almost everything was in a down in a straight line since then stocks yeah but you would want to invest in
2: something that at least hedged against that so if everything else is falling at least that's somewhat stable yeah I, there's not much gold uh, and silver is about cash
3: yeah. just cash That's not investing my cat, <laughs> if, but
2: it, but it is I, i'm investing in the sense that i'm not i i my loss is going to be somewhat predictable i know i'm yeah. not going to lose 20 percent next year i know i'm not going to lose famous 2%. last words <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well if we see 20 percent inflation people could come oh this is aged like no milk. i'm just saying if it's the yep. s&p 500 if it loses, it no, lose no no i'm talking cash okay like yeah. i know with cash my opportunity cost is simply the inflation, mm-hmm. but I'm never going to have to worry about it. I just mm-hmm. whatever inflation is, that's and who knows, maybe year over year inflation could come in at three percent. Maybe two yeah. percent. Are you I mean. going a little cash heavy now? Uh, I'm in, I'm in just investing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm. I had way more cash at the beginning of the year, and then I paid taxes, mm. and then I have another. <laughs> Probably five hundred grand going in. I, I may I'm making a new investment. I don't want to jinx it yet, so I can't announce okay. exactly what it is, but it's uh it's in a totally different industry. Alex just bleep this out. Yep.
0: Undisclosed investment. Oh, oh I know yeah, which one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, cool.
2: That's, cool. that's cool. It's a good one. It's a, it's good, a one. good one. So So it's official. You're doing it. Uh so far we agreed on the terms, but okay. I don't jinx it until we actually have a signed contract that's fair when that contract is signed i will talk about it until then did you get a hookup? did you get a good rate i would like to think that what i got was fair that's cool all things
1: considered that's awesome is it gonna be in vegas yes oh really yeah how did you
2: get that i thought it was no no more vegas no no uh it's it's a a vegas opportunity sweet anyway (laughs) no i'm not holding on to as much cash as i would like Okay. because i uh i did that and then i also got a uh well now i could talk about yep, it the tesla. The, the tesla i got a tesla Roadster. oh you did cool yeah it's i got official. a tesla Roadster. Is it here no it's not okay. so it'll be here probably anywhere between a few days and maybe a week or two and that looks but. exactly like your evora though no oh it's a different no body yeah it's a uh, completely different body i mean the the Tesla is based on the uh, Elise, Elise chassis. Oh, uh, I thought it was the Avora. No, but, and I made a good deal on that. So I sold my Tesla stock. Not all of it. I sold a third of my Tesla stock at $1,028 a share, thinking that the car is going to be better than the stock. The stock is down over 300 bucks. So that car now costs me significantly less than I paid because I wouldn't have sold the stock if I did not buy that car. That's fair. So that's cool. Great purchase so far. So far. Now, knock on wood, we'll see. <laughs> Can't but wait to uh, not see you drive it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, listen, it's a piece of art and it's meant to be appreciated.
3: Okay. Piece of art. Yeah. Really it,
2: it's, it's, a, it's a rare That's
3: one. That's what though, I so say about
1: my NFTs, too. Listen, it doesn't yeah. matter what the price is, it's yeah. just meant to
2: be looked at, okay? <laughs> uh, you <yeah, gosh. laughs> need to stare at it.
3: Is it really a piece of art or is it just because it's the first Tesla?
2: Piece of art. I mean, Do you when you really when think you, it's yeah, that Oh gosh, and when
3: everything you, was really that. It was, ground,
2: it was groundbreaking for what it was elon musk went into that car thinking it was going to be a, a quick slap from a lotus elise to a tesla put a battery in it turned out to be way more difficult than he imagined and mm-hmm. they completely had to redesign the entire car to fit what tesla would be able to call their roadster yeah so there's i, I think there's so much history behind that it was the first all-electric vehicle people saw on the roads that was yeah. available what's for the satellite? range on that? Uh, but, 70? No. No. Gosh, no. 160, 170 miles. That's Still? not Still? Yeah. Wow. Oh, I thought it was down to like 80 or 90 no. after all these years. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. It doesn't weigh much. So, Jeremy, No, they, they do because of the batteries. Correct
1: me if I'm yeah. wrong. Isn't Tesla the only car company to not have declared bankruptcy ever
3: in uh, history? I believe Ford also fits no, that No, I think it's,
1: it's declared bankruptcy. I, th-
3: Is I don't think Ford ever did. No? I think they've made it through. Okay. Yeah, somehow. And I remember in the Great Recession, I think Ford went down to like a dollar a share. Mm. And they barely escape. I think GM and the rest of them all went under. If I okay, recall. that's fair. And then so re-engarged. one of two then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's cool. From my understanding, yeah. Crazy to think about. Um, can I fit in the Tesla Roadster?
2: Yes, with the top off. With the top with the top yeah. off. Okay. It, Roadster, is it right? is it
1: a button, or do you have to physically remove? Physically it? remove it? Physically remove it. It's a
2: soft top, so you just like click the two little buttons and oh, roll that's it up. Cool. It's, yeah.
1: Are you gonna wrap it? No, oh, okay. No,
2: it's yellow. I would, so it's cool. It's it's yeah. yellow. So it's the same color as Jeremy's. Uh, oh, cool. It's Model like X. Bumblebee. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. But I mean, yeah, I I wouldn't want to wrap it. I I the thing with the yellow is that there's only 26 that were ever made in yellow. Whoa. That's it. How many miles? Uh, twenty two thousand miles on it, something like that. Whoa. Uh, but yeah, one of 26. But apparently, from what I'm told, I think five or six of them have already been salvaged, totaled, crashed. So there are less than twenty still in existence that are yellow. That's crazy. How, it's the rarest much, color. How much was it, if you don't mind me asking? I'll, I'll save it for the video. All right. Yeah. All right.
1: Main channel or uh, Main channel. All right. Yeah. Nice. How I got this Tesla for
2: free. Oh. Very close. Yep. It's I gonna like be the follow up, right? There, there's a there's a huge twist to this car that you'll have to watch the actual video to mm. see. But it's uh I, I there's no other video like it. I'll I'll put it like that. And there's no other scenario. That would be where weird if there was.
1: Like, there's another gram buying another yellow. I would be like, whoa! <laughs> there's another gram that buys another that's yellow. Weird. I want to. I want
2: to meet that person. <laughs> Dang it, I'll bring him on the channel. Do <laughs> it. I'll bring him on the channel. I'll bring him <laughs> on oh, the channel. Gosh, that's awesome. And that reminds yeah. me,
3: how do you make it on sixty thousand a year with a family?
2: <laughs> what are you saying? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I was just saying.
3: <laughs> what? How can you do that? How can you do that, gentlemen? How can you make it? If you got a family don't and you make 60,000 a year.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> <They> don't know. <laughs> no, they'll appreciate.
3: They'll make money. No, but in all seriousness, I'm looking at inflation. I'm saying how can people make it out there on 60k a year? That's what the average income, roughly 60?
1: Is it? I thought it was 44 for the median. You're talking about household income? Yeah. Okay. I
3: think we're 60ish, aren't we? Somewhere around there? Yeah,
1: here. 60s for household and I know median is 44 or 47. I think it's 44.
2: No. Okay. So you're probably looking at about $50,000 a year after tax. Yeah. So how can you make it with a family on that? Well, step one. <laughs> well, okay, so, you so you're talking about $4,100 a month. 4100 a month. Uh, okay. I would just assume that probably about a third of that is going towards rent. So that's the thing. Uh, you're at probably $1,200 to $1,500 a month in rent.
3: Wow. Yeah, that's but not, I mean I just the, looked the
1: statistics yeah. up recently. One bedroom right now is seventeen fifty, yeah. and a two bedroom is two thousand sixty five. Where just average U.S.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so how are you-
2: I mean, there, It's tough because in a state like California, the the honest answer is you probably have to work to make more money. I mean, and not like I don't necessarily mean work more hours, but yeah, enhance your skills, shop around, um, and I think it's just about, all about job hopping. Okay. Or going into an industry where the pay is higher, because yet like well, that, th- this doesn't Vegas.
3: exist. I mean, yeah, let's just say Vegas. Doesn't rooms. matter. I mean, yeah, but even in Vegas, there. you're, you you're not finding you're not
2: finding a, a place for twelve hundred and thirty dollars a month in rent. Yeah, uh, especially as a family, unless you're having roommates or just, or everybody just sleeps right. in one room. Yep, I'd say probably the the best ROI oh, you're gonna get. You probably would but have to. It's crazy to think though, make, like sixty
3: k yeah. a year with a family, you're in massive poverty. You're gonna to have to get a really like low place and have one bedroom maybe two yeah, bedrooms max it depends but it depends, no. but
2: depends on the location too that's it, usually it, it,
3: considered poverty like if if you got a family and you're all sleeping in one room or maybe you got two rooms that that was usually traditionally thought of you're in poverty and I think thing somebody that makes sixty thousand dollars a year
1: i don't know man 60 maybe in new york but not in the midwest
3: well, well <sighs> we just say vegas
2: you know, really, I don't think so. Sixty k oh, is no. pretty good here. Well, I, how, I think what's throwing you, you off. What's throwing you off is I think the family aspect, because you would assume it's two parents, probably one or two kids.
4: Yeah, you two know, kids. so
2: so we're talking like four people surviving on fifty thousand net after tax. Yeah, and, it gets hard, including sure. expenses. I, I think just think imagine probably, you know. just don't save much. You're just not. There would save be much. probably very little left over, anything, after anything yeah, that yeah. All Right.
3: Yeah, because, I mean, if half of it's probably going toward your rent or your mortgage. And then insurance is kind of a wild card because it's like, is that paid by the employer? How much right. do you have to pay in that? Here, here's a pie- so hypothetical expensive. question for okay.
1: you, Jeremy. Uh, let's say you didn't have YouTube. Yeah. And, and you were, uh, let's say, uh, working at Quick Trip still. Yep. And let's say you were making 60K a year. Yep. What would you do right now? considering your circuit like imagine you yeah. don't have your houses yep. and you're not like yep. just normal what yeah. would
3: you do would you focus on working more would you get another job would you work two jobs what would you do yeah i would have um i would have i would have had to do something else eventually i would have had to start my you know businesses because there's just no way like it, when you're younger or you're single 50 or 60 seems fine but yeah once you add in you know a spouse mm-hmm. And let's say you want your other the other one to work as well, right? Okay, that's fine. Now you need childcare for your kids. And the childcare cost is insane. Like, you know, for daycares and all those sorts of things, it's so expensive. And so a lot of times, unless your spouse is a baller and makes like 100K, you're not even getting much of a benefit. Like if your spouse makes 30, 40,000, shoot, man, you, that can most of that can end up going to childcare mm-hmm. alone. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like you're, you're stuck with either like getting a second job or trying to hit it big at the place you work and like get promotions, or you gotta like start your own thing, your own businesses and whatnot.
2: Yeah, but you wouldn't take the risk to start your own business like that with, yeah, with a family. Family and kids. I mean, just imagine that well, business. I goes, would personally, would but you, I'm
3: really? I'm a I'm a little like
2: yeah, I don't think most people So, so would do personally that, but you yeah. would actually focus on creating a, a business. How, with like but a side how muscle. would you do yeah. that? If you're working? let's just say you're working eight hours a day. Yeah. And then you have another, let's call it five hours a day left mm-hmm. to yourself. And that doesn't even include any time you spend with your family. Yeah, how would you do that? I, I almost
3: just, feel like you got to kind of leave your workplace,
2: unfortunately.
3: And as long as you got a nice nest egg, you yeah, know, but saved let's, away. But let's say
2: you don't. Uh, let's yeah, even assume that you have six. But, but let's even assume you have six months of a nest egg. I don't even think that warrants starting starting a business. I mean, just the yeah. risk yeah, that you, risk. you you drain that, and then the business doesn't do well, and then you're stuck with now no nest egg yeah no money no job when, well, and a family
3: well, let, let me just say this real quick i when i left quick trip i had 200 around two hundred thousand in K, stocks yeah. but that was about my whole net worth because i didn't have real estate or anything back then and i only had one kid and i took a full year off plus i got into trading and all types of things that 200k over that next year in like three months before i started my real estate marketing company went all the way down to 40 that's but all I had based left.
1: on your trades or
3: no, I lost 75,000 in stocks. Cause I was doing all these margin trades oh, and like geez. earnings trades and things like that. Cause then I was like, Sh. and then I was having to support a family. Um, so in a year and about three months, I went from 200,000 net worth to 40 K Wow! when I started my real estate marketing company. Yeah. So it went down there quick. So, but 200
1: like K like is actually a lot in relative comparison to what I would Correct, imagine most yeah. people have, especially in their twenties.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was sure. about to say that's like a, pretty hefty amount That's, i mean that yeah, could yeah. buy a property well, somewhere what would Well, you and look you do, at
1: graham. how fast it went though so so graham what would you do if you didn't have youtube you're making 50k a year right now considering your circumstances you're pretty lean do you start a new job do you do something else do you do real estate
2: uh i mean if it's just myself uh i'd probably be something in sales okay it just it would have to be something where i could i could scale it up and, and just probably make more money it would be the, the best answer. And yeah. usually sales would be a, a good way to do that if you have the interest in it. Would you do real estate then? Yeah. Okay. I would. Fair.
3: Yeah. And I mean, uh, we I know a lot of us don't really talk about this and it's probably overstated in our, our space, but yeah, high income skills. I mean, that's where you have to focus. You know, that's where I focus on stock markets, a high income skill, did, you know,
1: did you so. guys see Warren Buffett's advice uh, during times of high inflation? What he said, that is the most important thing you can do. Wh- he, what was it? He said, uh, to, t- to be good, to be really good at something unique and mm. to be good at something that others are not yeah, and just sense. to focus on that. yeah, And uh, yeah, my my superpower, it's interesting, before <laughs> I started YouTube was to live so lean. It was mm-hmm. like, it's probably like unhealthy level, <laughs> but it, it's a skill that I learned that I feel like very many people don't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like I lived like a college kid, basically. Like I, yeah. I think I turned down every gig I was ever offered for you know, to make an income yep. just to focus on YouTube. And I remember 2018, I reported an income of like 12K or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So like imagine living in Vegas at like 12K. Granted, this was yeah. like before all the crazy inflation, yeah. but still, that's a ridiculously low amount to live but,
2: on. yeah, your rent was how much, like $400 a month? No, my month? rent
1: was $1,200 a month. But you split but it. I subleased it yeah. on Airbnb and I was more than covering my rent. Cool. So I was doing that, even though I couldn't afford my rent, I got a place that was slightly nicer than I could afford. Cause I know I could just turn that into a little side hustle, which was nice. And then I shopped at the 99 cent store. I cooked my own mm-hmm. meals. I didn't go out to eat. I didn't party. I honestly didn't even have friends at the time. Mm-hmm. I was just focusing on just <clears throat> doing something. Yep. So I guess I cut back like crazy lean, which bought me some time to figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I think that, that helps, uh, that helped me at least, um, as far as like what I would do now, I remember giving myself a year with YouTube, and if that didn't pan out, I'd probably just move back home with my parents, which I realize not everyone has that luxury, but probably then go back to school and learn something in tech, whether it's coding or something like that. Like, take boot camp or something.
2: That is something I have to say that does take the edge off a lot. It's just knowing that you have parents that you could at the very least sleep on a couch. This is true. So that even if you go back down to zero, you're not gonna be on the streets. And you're always gonna have like a roof over your head. So you always have like a backstop if things were to ever get that bad. Yeah. No, that's that I, I think is really yeah. important. I'd yeah.
3: be on the streets before I went back to my parents. Would you really? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Dang. <laughs> 100% I'll sleep on the streets if I got here. Anything to not go, you know, just a different lifestyle. But, you know, I think the, the reason I brought that subject up is because the subject of that is what millions, if not tens of millions of Americans are going through right now with, you know, insanely high inflation and the average person making, you know, 50K, 60K, and they're looking at it and they're like, you know, how much do you have left over if you got anything left over? And so that that's why I brought up that subject. And I think it's like, you know, some food for thought. And it's like, what, what do you do? you get a second job like you talked about or a side hustle? Or do you try to go back to college, let's say, or get some sort of skill? Because sometimes those can take a while. Like, you know, let's say you, you go back to college, you know, you're, the, you're doing that for potentially years. Uh, real estate license, pretty quick, but if the real estate market
2: dries up, that's going to be uh, messy. No, no? I, I don't think okay. so. I, when I started, it was the worst market. That's that true. was 2008. Mm-hmm. Nobody, I mean, everyone is like, oh, I'm just going to wait because the market's going to go down. And okay. it was. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep waiting. So, like, everyone is doing that.
3: But, uh, but, but don't but you think
2: objectively that was the best time to get into it? Like no. when it crashed? No, the best time to have gotten into it would have probably been 2004 because everyone was buying. And it, and it was so easy to get loans. Mm-hmm. When I started, nobody was buying. So mm-hmm. Houses would sit on the market for like a year or two. Like that was a horrible time. Mm. Uh, but I found a niche in leasing because people weren't buying, so they'd lease a place. Um, so for me, that worked because I was, you know, I didn't have any concept of like, you know, for me, 500 bucks was like, that was more than enough. Mm-hmm. So just even making small amounts making like a thousand bucks a month or whatever that was amazing for what
3: me what was the first year you made six figures
2: uh I think i think it did first year right year, uh, yeah that'd be crazy no no it wasn't the first year I think because the first commission i got was like 40 grand Whoa. wow uh but that was almost a year into it I think nine, ten months into it, and that was luck. That I mean, crazy. that was that was a lucky sale. Well, how, how, how much was the house for you to have earned? Three for- three million six hundred and fifty grand. That's insane. Now you know it's crazy. Now, now that home would be worth like eleven million dollars. That's <gasps> nuts. Yeah. Wow. Oh man, wow. Good.
3: So yeah, it mm-hmm. might have been two thousand ten or so. Maybe you made six figures for the first time.
2: In- yeah, probably two thousand ten. That seems okay. about right. Yeah, it's crazy. I didn't
3: make six figures till two thousand seventeen. Hmm. <laughs> That's such a I started so far behind the eight ball with you, Graham it's not fair man. You were out here balling out of control. I, I was just a hey, poor boy. You're the one with the silver though. Yeah. I have to buy silver so I can I, compensate I, for I
1: feel like I'm being low-key dissed right now because I I wasn't even as good as you, Joe. Oh, uh <laughs> oh. Sure. Uh-oh. uh-oh. I, I, yeah,
3: I, yeah, I mean six figures to me always was like that ultimate like wow. it, it kind of
1: is just for I think that's the dream, right? Yeah. For everyone, just like to make that, that six figure mark.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Seven figures, I never even like dreamt about that. I dreamt about having six figures in net worth. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. not like making seven figures a year but like six figures it's always that it, like
1: it's so crazy I, I used to visualize my portfolio because I was in the exact same scenario I had 200k saved up by mm-hmm. about um, 28 okay. or so 200k net worth yep. and I was like you know at this rate if I just coast phi right if I just mm-hmm. coast on it let that money sit, I'd probably become a millionaire in like, I don't know, let's say 25, 30 years, something like that. Yeah. And I was like, I'm happy with that. Nice. I, like never in a million years that I imagined I could exceed yeah. that, but that was partially being at the right place at the right time, doing the right thing.
3: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And having a high income skill, of yeah. breaking down something that not a lot of people know about. Right. So exactly. That, that matters.
1: Which speaking of, uh, this is a totally random transition, but I'm going to kind of hijack it here. One of the things I used to do when I lean uh, when I cut lean and I stopped spending was to make an income is I used to go to like hotels and mm-hmm. I would perform for their corporate events and like executives at the win mm-hmm. and I would show up and for one hour they used to pay me about two and a half thousand dollars to show up and do mm-hmm. card tricks for all their executives and like uh, employee award ceremonies things like that. And so the reason I bring that up is because this week from Sunday to Wednesday, there is a convention in town called Magic Live. So I got this little badge right here and it's at the Orleans at the casino. And so there is like thousands of magicians all around the world that just flock there right now. And they're just all there. Wow. And they're they're given workshops. They're teaching each other magic tricks. It's 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 a crazy environment. So I'm just like going around learning, soaking it up. And it's, it's it's so cool wow
2: that's really neat it's
1: a little fun little uh
2: do people recognize you there yeah but only when they
1: do i don't know if it's for magic or cardistry or if it's for finance yeah i'm like they're like oh i'm a big fan i'm like from magic (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it's 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 kind of interesting it's really cool one of the uh decks of cards that one of my friends makes actually is these they're called cardistry touch okay uh check out how cool this little mechanism is so once i open it Voila, a oh, little deck of cards I was pops not out. Prepare okay. for that. That's what kinda cute. Heck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 these cards are actually specifically made for what's called cardistry, which um they don't have faces or pips or numbers or court cards. They're all the same. Mm. So it's made for an art called cardistry. Whereas like in magic, for example, I would have you pick a card, right? Yep. Right. Um, in this case, I, I don't do pick a card tricks. I just do like manipulations, right? Oh,
2: which uh,
1: kind of look like what, this. Yes, <laughs> what can you show us? Check this out. So uh, oh, wow, so uh, I it, when I travel, sometimes I ask people like how they shuffle around the world, right? Like yeah. how, how do you, how do you shuffle? So in the uh, Vegas casinos, for example, they might shuffle cards like this, right, on the table. Uh, here in the U.S., we might shuffle like this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in India, this is called the Hindu shuffle, which looks like this right uh then one day i went to uh china and i gave the cards to this kid and i was like hey how do you guys shuffle here and he showed me this he's like all right check this out so he took the cards and he just like mixed them all like face up oh face gosh. down right like crazy <laughs> let's see if this works so some cards were back to front front to back right mm-hmm. uh see so yeah, back to back front to front all over right boom watch Oh, snap. They're all the same way. Wow. How'd you do that? (laughs) Yeah. How'd you do that? The method for that is so much cooler than the trick. You
2: know what? I'm guessing (laughs) as you're flipping them, you're, you're probably you know, flipping and switching your hand or doing something so that they're always like well, that. Well, he's certainly doing something. Yeah, yeah. no, what he's doing. Yeah. what's
1: cool about that trick is that I'm taking advantage of your, your, your brain's assumption. When it sees something, it thinks it's seeing one thing, yeah. but what I'm actually doing is a discrepancy and I'm doing something completely different. It's so fascinating. You're explaining mm. us
3: Wall Street. I like this. It's this exactly This finance that. lesson. That's exactly right. You thought I, you were watching Magic. I love Wall integrating Magic Finance <laughs> concepts yeah. into,
1: into finance because I think there's so much similarity there. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't know, people are doing one thing here, but with the other hand, they're doing the real trick. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Sleight wow. of hand of Wall Street over here. But yeah, <laughs> so this is, this is cardistry. So these are called isolations. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's so neat. It's called the... Under pressure fan. Wow. Um, these are called card twirls. Oh. Card flicks. This is a cool one. It's called L cuts. I don't know why they're called L cuts. Maybe they look like L's. Maybe.
2: Wow.
1: Oops. And then this is one I came up with. This is called the uh, cylinder. I don't know if you'll be able to get this on camera. I'm going to try. Whoa. Nice. Yep. And then this is called the spring. This is a crowd favorite. If I was standing up, I could show you a bigger one. <laughs> Here. And oh. This is. Let me see if I could do this still. It's called the thumb propulsion. Oh, nice.
3: Damn. Oh, oh, wow.
2: Yeah. Well, that's that's. Do they the let straight. you play blackjack at the casino? <laughs> if I showed that, no. But I could. I mean, how easy would it be for you? to like swap in an ace, like knowing all, knowing everything, you know, like this,
1: would it be easy for you or? Probably not with this technique. It's, it's so funny because, so what I just showed you is called history, Right. Mm-hmm. And the, it, it's so interesting Graham asked that because that's the assumption that I'm really skilled. Well, like mm-hmm. it looks like I am, right? And mm-hmm. I guess I am with cardistry, mm-hmm. but people then put the assumption that, oh, he must be good at like cheating at games, which mm-hmm. is a completely different <laughs> study of magic. Mm-hmm. That's more of like the gambling side, oh, yeah, which incidentally I could do, but it has nothing with, to do with <laughs> right. this. But you could. But I could, yeah. Okay. Um, That's what we so call having high income skills, yeah. my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, So, So anyway, one of the things I did was for Nat Geo for um, in New York, we were shooting an episode for Brain Games. And one of the producers was like, okay, so Andre, this episode, we're going to pick pick, uh, pick pockets. Mm. I'm like, what gave you the idea I could pick people's pockets? <laughs> He's like, well, you're really good with your hands. Like, clearly, this is, this is yeah. easy. And I'm like, no, this is a completely different <laughs> profession. This is not what I do. <laughs> it's, it's so interesting. You just
3: hang out in New York City, don't you? Just take people's <laughs> the wallets out of their just, back pocket?
1: <laughs> well, there's also something called put pocketing which is the opposite of pickpocketing. You put things in people's pockets and then you do like crazy revelations. You're like, oh, it's Mm. in your pocket.
4: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears.
0: It it's reminds me
3: of uh, uh watch Ocean's Eleven recently, and you know the scene with he goes up to Roberts and he like slips a little
0: uh, yes. phone in her pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then
3: all of a sudden it's ringing. That's, later put, on. Pocket. She's like, That's a- put pocket. Yeah. Mm.
1: That's put pocketing. That's cool. My friend Apollo, he's he's like world class pickpocket. He's called wow. a gentleman thief, and the stuff he does is like insane. He like manipulates your attention. He yeah. could steal from you, and he tells you beforehand, "I'm gonna." Take your wallet. No. And in 10 seconds, he has your wallet. (gasps) Despite the fact that you know you're about to be robbed.
2: What the heck? That's like next level. It's insane. I'd love to
1: see that. I'd love to see him
2: take a watch.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's his specialty, watch (laughs) steels. And the way that it's done is so fascinating because you get accustomed to having your wrists grabbed yeah because part of what people part of what makes it hard to steal is you have to invade people's personal spaces because they're not comfortable when you're like up Mm -hmm. in their face yeah so you do that through showing them tricks you do these things that make them comfortable to get them relaxed and then you do the real work and it's just and even though i could tell you this yeah you'd be like okay cool now i know you're still going to get pickpocketed it's so cool
3: yeah it's like i want to see that. it's like when i tell people you know don't Panic when the stock market is crashing. You buy, and then people still panic and, and sell. So exactly, know, well, so much of it is though. <laughs> so
1: much of it is like market psychology. It's yeah. a, you seen those memes where people are like lined up. There's like there's there's Bitcoin and there's two lines. It's like Bitcoin at you know seventy thousand. Yeah. There's a huge line. Bitcoin yeah, yeah, at twenty thousand. Yeah, yeah. There's like a, a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
3: Oh gosh, that's intense. Andre,
1: I see there's a box you brought over here. What is that? Uh, it's look? actually a watch that I just got from as a gift.
3: someone you think there's a watch in there but little do you know (laughs) oh it's empty i already i already (laughs) picked potty that it's a bar silver yeah i
2: already stole it yeah i want to
3: see your friend put a bar of silver in my pocket
1: that would be cool so i know graham you're a watch connoisseur actually jeremy you are too no sir yes you are jeremy is definitely not dude
3: you have like a fancy watch i have a few Uh, fancy watches but it doesn't mean i'm a watch connoisseur i don't know crap that's a frank (laughs) Muller. yes that is accurate which means, obviously, I clearly don't know about watches because the Rolex
2: snobs are like. No, that, that oh. would be that would
1: be if you owned a Hublot.
2: Oh yeah, I heard that would <laughs> get disrespected. That's a big watch. <laughs> That's what she said. Can I can I take it off? Yeah. That is huge. Is it? Yeah. It's a forty-two mil, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Look at that. I love it. You know what? It matches my uh, datejust. Does it? It's the exact same. Wow. Same bezel. Yeah. I think this is the uh, you got the white gold. Bezel. Yeah, it is. The so white gold. gold bezel, blue dial. Yep. I it's love the caner. Can yeah. yeah.
1: Steel edition with the blue face.
2: Ooh. Yeah. Is it sized?
1: It's not sized for me yet. It's a little big on me.
2: Look. It's engraved on the back. Yeah. Oh, is it? I can't yeah. Even yeah. see. Michael oh, Jackson. Yeah. Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can I put it on? Yeah. All right. Okay, obviously it's not sized for me. Yeah, it's too that's way too big for me. Really? Yeah.
1: I love it. It's 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 oh. perfect.
2: Yeah, see it looks too big on my wrist. You put it on, man. All right. Congratulations. Oh, I appreciate it. I love it. it. Wow, this is my nice.
1: first nice watch that I've yeah. ever owned.
2: You'll yeah. keep it forever. I, really? I will. I don't think I'll sell it.
3: No. Wow.
2: Uh, oh, you got you to probably take another link off I that. do, yeah, yeah. Just one link. I haven't sized it yet, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's the Sky Dweller. That's a beautiful watch. Yeah. I really like I it, know, and I, really I like, really like it. that it's... Uh,
1: it, this one seems a, a
2: little bit understated.
1: We buy a lot of stocks. We buy, you know, crypto, all that stuff, and and, and that's that's going to go up over time. But in the short term, there's no guarantee it's going to make money, right? S- stuff like this, like Graham just mentioned, you could buy a Rolex, most models essentially. If you can do it at retail, you've essentially doubled your money. Yeah. Now, at what point do you tell people that is a better investment versus just going the traditional route of like first accumulate your stocks, whatever? you know you fill up your HSAs your Roth IRAs all that stuff at what point do you cross the line and you're like you know what we know right now if you can buy a Rolex at retail it'll double your money so just go do that first if you
0: can
3: <laughs> is is there well, a point of responsibility an, I mean,
2: realistically by the time you get to the point of buying Rolexes at MSRP yeah it's going to be so trivial in the big picture. I mean, well, no, not yeah. necessarily.
1: If you let's say if you had twenty thousand dollars to your name mm-hmm. and you saw uh, somehow you're able to get on a list for a Rolex for let's say twelve thousand yeah. dollars, you buy it. It's worth
2: forty. Yeah. At what point are you like, D- do it? Don't. Well, but then you ruin the relationship with the the Rolex dealer for. Would going you really and flipping? Okay. Well, you would. I mean, by okay. flipping the watch, so you, it's a, you get a one off deal, but then they see you flip it and they're yeah. not going to sell you the next one. But is that worth it? You, uh, I, you know what? Money. Yeah, no, I believe for the right in the right situations if it's yeah. a one-off thing, uh, but you damage that reputation. Right. But that's how a lot of people get started either collecting watches or or flipping items. They could there's yeah. a lot of uh, Well the reason that I asked that is because sometimes people ask, you
1: know, they're like, hey, do you have any financial advice for me? And sometimes mm-hmm. when I think about it, like, yeah, I can give you the whole traditional cookie cutter thing. But sometimes it's like, if I really want to be creative with like, what would I say? Ford GT and a Rolex. But Ford, GT, of- Ford GT, fractional Ford GT.
0: Is there fractional such a thing? Fractional Ford
1: yeah. GT and a Rolex. Good, <laughs> man.
3: That's all you need. I don't life.
1: know. So sometimes like you ever think like, how can I help people? Like, what kind of advice can I give them? That's beyond just like the cookie cutter thing they could see anywhere.
2: Yeah, But, but those, those opportunities aren't there for everybody. Otherwise true, everyone true. would be on a list. That's everyone true. would flip them. Um, I just think by the time you have these opportunities, it's not worth pursuing every opportunity that comes up like yeah, that. That's fair.
1: Yeah.
2: So it's still better. Oh. The traditional approach, index funds. <laughs> I, index I would, funds yeah. with a,
3: are the devil. With, with cash on the <laughs> sidelines. Cash. Cash. Yeah, you need some cash or silver. <laughs> uh, but index funds are the devil. Oh, Jeremy. Why are they? Why are they okay,
2: they so, remove price discovery from the stock
3: yes, market. Yes, exactly.
2: So, Jeremy, that exactly. benefits you then. So you should be thanking index funds because they remove the price discovery. But they and give you better returns. Imagine,
3: imagine this. Imagine a scenario where everybody in the world's like, we just gotta buy index funds. They would do no good. They would collapse literally our entire That's, financial system, wouldn't, why not nothing would collapse, no, it would why collapse would it, everything? Why there would, would that be collapse? No, there would be no money raised from stocks coming in the come up or anything? It would completely no. collapse VC. Realistic collapse
2: First of all, that would never first of all that would never happen. But if, yes, but, but if let's just say if it, it did would, but let's just say if it did, you would find now one person who says, you know what? There's all this opportunity that's that people are ignoring. I, I'm going to do that. It's going to make more money. And it does. And then people see that. Other people flock to it. There's going to be a checks and balances in place. Yeah. And sure, even though some companies might get a little bit more advantage, there's always going to be price discovery. If anything, index funds, I think, Jeremy, are doing a favor. They're, they're allowing more price discovery with other stocks that people are overlooking. Like me, yeah. for example. I'm, I'm blindly buying index funds, not even looking at the price. I'm doing that on a regular basis. That is an investor that you just took out of the market, competing to look for undervalued stocks. Yeah, I just I you know made I made everyone else's job easier. Now, yeah, sounds like so, Jeremy just got served. It does No, it just doesn't <laughs> mean it doesn't, no. No, this <laughs> bad. This is <laughs> bad. They're still the devil. Why is it bad, Jeremy?
3: Oh, because it's like like I gave you the example of real estate last week, and you're like, oh, if I could buy all the real estate in America and like some fund or something, yeah, but yeah. the S and P five hundred is not that you're putting your money 6% is going into apple 4% 5% is going into microsoft but, it, but that And so it it's it's like it's like saying we got um, the 500 most expensive homes in America and we're just going to invest in those homes the 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 crazy condo in manhattan and this home in beverly hills and blah 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 and it's like that doesn't really benefit all the rest of the homes out there you're just putting your money in those most special properties yeah but those companies
2: are also making the most money and they're also serving the biggest audience. It's It would be like saying, you know, you're buying the most land. It's like, obviously, the, a bigger portion of your money is going to the bigger portions of land mm-hmm. that happen to have a house on it with the companies. Hold on. Why is my brain not following how the market's going to collapse? Where's, where's Okay, so if, if,
3: if every single person in okay. the whole world okay. said tomorrow, I'm only going to put my money in S&P 500 index funds, mm-hmm. that would essentially... No one's putting money in VCs at that time. If the VC market collapses, every single one of these companies.
1: Oh gosh, you're assuming everyone is but spending that's every happen. disposable dollar. You're saying no,
3: no, no, every oh. investable dollar. Okay. If you collapse VC, then you collapse Robinhood. You collapse Coinbase. Oh, you collapse that, 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 every that's single that's a huge company. Leap logic ever built it, yeah, yeah but I'm that just I'm just putting that. it out there. I'm saying if every single person did that, you collapse everything. Everything would collapse within. A, like a year. So you're saying it's dollar, better
2: sure. not to do that. <laughs>
3: I'm saying, I'm saying, yeah, if everybody's, if every single person. Cl- but everyone's not. Their, yeah. But if you <laughs> that, did, that, but makes, but,
1: that makes as much sense to me as saying if everyone ate their dollars, the world would have no dollars. It would
2: collapse. <laughs> no. Like how, why <laughs> no. though? If everyone only lived off water, we would die after yeah, like we would 20 days day no not water. Need food. <laughs> There's this notion that
3: you have to put your money in index funds. Okay or you're like not doing good or something like that and i'm just fighting against that notion of like the the index i don't think that's the
1: strongest argument against indexes i think individual investing has its own merits but that 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 is not one of them okay i think the fact that you get to be a shareholder you feel like you own an individual company there's a part of that investing experience that gets Mm -hmm. brought out with buying individual equities yeah the fact that you get to be a, a voter um, the fact that you can try to find you know, uh, discounts
2: you know in I the market. I think it's the thrill of finding a deal.
3: Yeah, it's the thrill. But, Jaren,
2: but imagine this, Jeremy. What if I guaranteed to you you will make more no. money? We, we talked
3: like, about this last week. Again. But
2: let me just say the example. You don't have to answer it if you don't. Know, but let's just say over the next 20 years, or no, actually, let's just say five years. We'll do two years. Over the next two years, I guaranteed you'd make double the return with an index fund would you do it knowing that guaranteed you'd make more money with the index fund but you could not buy an individual stock so you couldn't look for an individual stock but you would guaranteed be making more money
3: no because guaranteed money is
2: false. Okay. <laughs> First off, <laughs> but anyway, this. Is not, That's what but they it's told also me false. With there, Luna, with...
3: Then I lost everything. <laughs> no. Oh it's my also, gosh. Yeah, but it's also
2: <laughs> false that like not everyone's going to buy index funds. I, I just believe index funds appeal to to a certain portion of the population that doesn't have the desire to pick stocks, uh, knows their own limitations, and doesn't want to think about it, but they want to ride and bet on the entire market as a whole. And that's taking that portion of the audience. But there's always going to be people out there who would rather say, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to find my own deals. Um, I Uh, I enjoy the process. I think if
3: we really break it down, I'm just kind of in my feelings right now, more than likely, because index funds have held up better than obviously individual stocks considerably and so right now there's this whole like huge pushback about see you mm. idiots you shouldn't right, be stock right. picking this right. is why you put your money in index funds and so i think when you got to hear that constantly it's like you're you're ready to like push back a little right bit. i get that and right. I, get that. I think i think that's what it is so but it's funny
1: because you're, you're a winner one year and you're not the next this is yeah. kind of part I, of the game i have
0: a question mm-hmm. for you jeremy yes sir so you said in a, a few episodes ago, you're like, let's not respect Mr. Buffett. Well, Mr. Buffett is pro-index fund. So aren't you in a way disrespecting the legend Warren Buffett when he's advising like whatever it is, 98% of people not to invest in index fund or to invest in index funds? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the, the reason Warren Buffett
3: says that, <laughs> I think they think it's very important. The reason Warren Buffett says that is because he understands that most people are not going to research companies, and they're mm. not going to put in that work. They're too lazy, just bottom yeah. line, and so that's why he says that. And he's like, if you're too lazy, then just put your money in. Index do funds. as
1: I say, not as I do. Yeah, it's he, he of understands. He kind of do the research,
0: yeah.
3: but most people aren't. And he also understands most people aren't going to hold through the tough times which is something you have to do as a stock picker and, and buy the dip and when you already lost money and you lost money and you lost money and continue to buy that dip. Let's say you, you, you're you like, I see the stock, it's a great value at 50, it falls to 40, you buy more shares. It falls to 30, you buy more shares, it falls to 25, you buy more shares. That's that's a very, I think, select group of people that can actually do that and actually have that. Um, so, sometimes that I, sometimes sometimes I like wonder that, yeah. if
1: Warren Buffett's success is a byproduct of his own time. Mm-hmm. Where I feel like back when he made his fortune and back when he was, you know, the the uh, Oracle of Omaha, which I'm, yeah. he still is. But I would argue that back then when the market was simpler and there weren't like derivatives and complex financial instruments, you could actually look at a company's balance sheet. You could look at everything and say, this is a cigarette butt like he referred yeah, to him. Right. That's a good point. And you could actually analyze those companies because the numbers were what they were. nowadays the market is like this mishmash of so many complex instruments and so many derivatives and so much leverage short that like how how do you even quantify that in in your estimates for what stocks are worth so i feel like nowadays the reason he is so revered and successful is partially because he has so such a huge canon of, of money yeah. to influence prices and his reputation precedes him in the way that like investors follow his moves. Yeah, that's true. So if he says something goes, people follow, then of course it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now,
2: Delta was a great example where he sold his Delta stock,
1: price yeah, fell and then
2: now look that. at it like he would have been better but, but off holding. I would, holding. Say, like, I would certain, say that yeah. was a qu-
1: qualitative analysis yeah. that I think anyone could have done. I'm talking about like quantitative stuff that that people use to assess yeah. risk
3: that's a good point i think i mean i think nowadays if you look at like the markets when he was coming up right the 60s 70s 80s and you look at the market nowadays yeah it's maybe more complicated than it's ever been it's maybe more volatile than it's ever been but uh, graham kind of brought this out just a minute ago if there's more volatility there's more chance to get richer faster than ever before right it, like the swings on both sides are more vicious like the drops are like oh my gosh right um, but then you you get a Tesla stock for example like that stock should have been appreciating like for years but it didn't and maybe part of that was the whole short seller situation right. and a lot of stuff that held it back and then it goes through this insane boom where it goes up like 2000 percent right and so, I don't know. I feel it on both sides. But also, I mean, 1987, there was a day when the S&P 500 fell 22% in a day.
1: Right. But, but my point is so. th- that that situation with Tesla probably wouldn't have happened back then to the sense that that price would have been suppressed for so long despite True. the fundamentals. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, you see this kind of black magic uh you know, yeah. sorcery in yeah. the market a lot more. It's true. So, so it's interesting because like if you have a thesis, for example, with Tesla, like you did early, right? Yep. You bought in, you were technically right that it would appreciate like crazy from that point on. Yeah. But if you had sold and you didn't keep your stocks, then you were wrong. Exactly. So it's like... Uh, i don't know i just feel like so much of his success has been built on a simpler time that is is so much harder to
3: translate now even tesla i think my first shares i ever bought in tesla i think there was one point when i was down 50 percent on those original shares yeah now i kept buying and kept buying and kept buying i bought tesla i don't know eight or ten different times lower and lower and lower but yeah and i think that's what buffett says because i don't think the average person's going to be like have that type of Confidence mm-hmm. to be like, I know I'm right on this. Right, I'm going to continue to buy and buy. I think most people just are like, dude, I'm keep losing every time I put in money, I lose more. I'm selling.
1: Right. Well, have you so, ever thought about his cash position? I don't know how how much how much cash they like 150 billion at some yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that? So, yeah. And then and then when the market appreciated like crazy, is there ever a point at which you're like? Hey, dude! You kind of missed like fifty per, a fifty percent run up. Like, at what point are you like you were wrong to have all that cash? Oh, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah. So with Buffett, he has to hold a certain amount of cash always because the insurance businesses, and we're talking like what is
1: it, one hundred fifty billion? No, worth?
3: I think it's like sixty or seventy. Is it that much? Yeah, it's a huge amount that he basically is like pretty much untouchable money. Um. So then everything like I think over seventy or so is like. Yeah, that has potential. Okay. So, um, but I want to show you guys a really interesting chart, and I'll send this uh, to you, Alex, so you can pop this up in the video. And I'm pretty confident you guys have, will have never seen anything like this before. Mm. But essentially, what this is, it shows you numbers of companies trading at a discount to net cash as a percent of the total stock universe. Okay. So,
1: can you explain to a layperson what that metric is?
3: Okay. So, essentially, it's a, a company's trading under like how much cash they have versus their liabilities, essentially. Okay, Okay, got it. And if you notice, and I'll show you here in just a second, Andre, this number hit over three percent right around the bottom of the market going into 2003. And Mm -hmm. 2003 through about the summer of 07 was a great time to be in the market. And then right around 2009, the beginning of 2009, this hit a a high of a two, a little over two and a half percent. And then recently, we've touched over three as well. And so. It, you know, it doesn't mean we're absolutely at a bottom right now in the market, but it means we're likely closer to a bottom in the market. You can take a peek at that there, Andre.
1: Mm. What are we, uh, so so the higher, uh, the, the graph, the...
3: Yeah, the more likely you're near a, a bottom. essentially bottom in the market, essentially. So what does this
2: describe? So this is just how much cash a company has on hand?
3: Yeah, versus their liabilities and the percent of companies that are basically, you know, trading under that, essentially.
2: But don't you think a lot of that could be fueled by low rates if they're taking out loans? locking in at a low rate that that could influence this and maybe those need to be paid yeah, back. Yeah, that's a good point. How uh, well, well, we that don't would know be how debt on the measured.
3: balance sheet because you're also minusing out uh liabilities. But, but what he's mm-hmm. asking is about
1: as far as the debt cycle goes. If if the debt cycle of that company was locked in at a low rate, is that figured into account? Cuz cuz once the debt cycle expires and they have to re re, you know, refinance, yeah. they're going to have higher rates Would that chart then drop.
3: Uh not likely Okay. because yeah, I mean if are you saying if a company has debt is yeah. that accounted for in there? Yeah, yeah, it's accounted for because they're they're subtracting out the liabilities. But duties. what I'm
1: saying is, does it take the interest rate into account?
3: Interest rate, it should. It oh should, well, right? I mean, in terms of like, if you have, um, I mean, every company has different interest rates, right. so it doesn't really take that into account. But I, th- that doesn't really have anything to do with that graph. We well, it it there. has everything
1: to do. I feel like because if interest rates are were borrowed and locked in yeah. at low rates once they expire they have to refinance yeah, they have to correct. pay their dues and now rates are much higher yeah so but they still have those liabilities. They still have things to yeah. pay. They have bills to pay. So they still have to borrow money. True. So but would that influence it? Well, Considering it doesn't the new influence
3: rates. that number, but it can influence other factors. Right. And so, I mean, but also you could say, you know, a lot of these companies probably refinanced debt or did whatever with debt, you know, a couple of years ago. Maybe that when the debt expires in three years from now or five years from now, maybe it's a lower rate. You know, I think you can take that both ways. So, but that that particular chart that doesn't have as much to do with like interest rates and things like that. Okay, that's fair. But yeah, it's it's just a, it's just another interesting thing to kind of look at out there um, because a lot of people are trying to figure out: Are we close to a bottom? Are we not even close to a bottom in the market? Uh, last week, we had one point where the Nasdaq was now down thirty percent year to date, mm-hmm. and so a lot of people are like, "Dude, is this a bottom? Or we got we dropping forty percent? Are we dropping fifty percent?" What is your guys' opinion on that? Do you think, you know, we're, we're anywhere close to a bottom? You think we got a lot more pain ahead? Than I
1: feel like that. we yeah. haven't seen the pain in real estate yet, which to okay. me, that's the thing I'm looking at. Oh, yeah,
2: at. that'll probably be six months, three to six months. Yeah. It'll lag. Yeah.
1: yeah. But I feel like when real estate start falling, if it does, that's when people could potentially get even more but, scared. It's like, oh, yeah, uh, But
2: here's the thing, though. If the stock market begins to recover, I mean, very well, people could look at that as, oh, it's not a big deal. And real estate could remain fairly consistent. Yeah. I think a lot of people are counting on the real estate market to fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure it will certainly soften in some areas. But it, I think a lot will depend on what happens with the stock market mm-hmm. and whether or not companies begin doing these like mass layoffs, yeah. downsizing, because maybe they overstaffed, yeah. uh, thinking that they need who, to- Who brought know. it up last time that Amazon did that? Did
1: one of you guys
0: yeah, uh, say yeah, that? Yeah, Amazon recently o- was
3: overhired, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like almost hoarding mm-hmm. workers, uh, rumors about Facebook freezing hiring. Netflix just laid off some employees. Robinhood mm-hmm. obviously laid off employees. Coinbase was talking about tripling their staff this year. Now there's rumors that they might not even increase staff in any substantial wow. way. From like a triple to yeah. not in so, who knows if that goes yeah. the other way. That's going to be a hundred percent dependent upon Bitcoin, Ethereum, and things like that. So, do you guys um, think
1: layoffs will be followed by if we get a negative uh, GDP second quarter?
2: I think the two is uh, they're just going to be unrelated. I think oh, layoffs are going to be layoffs. Yeah, I don't think they're going to see GDP going down. And oh well, now we got to lay off people, or it's a recession. We, I don't think that's going to have anything to do with it. I oh, think, yeah. uh, I think the two are separate. I, I think the GDP is going to decline, but. And, um, I, I, it looks by like mortgage rates
3: should. are going to go over six or seven by the end of the summer. And they should, yeah. Which is crazy. Fifth, did you week?
2: list your house yet?
3: Uh, that's in the process.
2: Yeah, I, like this week we're going to be on the market. You know it's crazy? So I've been looking, I'd look at the market every single day in Vegas, mm-hmm. and I look at the market between 2 million and like eight. Because I just love seeing what's coming up. But, you know, I, I <laughs> love like seeing like what comes up. No, me too. I love it. Yeah, it's like entertaining. Uh, <laughs> the beginning of the year, end of last year, I'd look and I'd maybe see a new property come up every few days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you look now, there are multiple every single 100%. No, I'm on it every on day too. as well. Yeah. So, except my my price
1: is a little bit more more expanded like it's a, <laughs> any price to oh whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> like I want to look at like the twenty million dollars no no no, I, no I, okay. I'm
2: looking at like normal houses okay. like you know two hundred thousand dollars look at this yeah, so yeah. so here's the price range of Vegas we got one five hours ago yeah. six hours ago ten hours ago a day ago a day ago a day yeah. ago a day ago two bra- days ago three days ago yeah okay. whereas before this would be like one day four days. Eight days. Yeah, inventory is increasing. Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting is that in the high price point, I'm talking like over like four or five million dollars here in Vegas, I'm seeing these substantial price decreases and price cuts. So there's one that was listed at like five million, and I saw it was like a price cut, $700,000. Wow. But now on the flip side, the ultra luxury market is so like just ridiculous. But the other thing is that a lot of these homes are somewhat difficult to value. And so sometimes sellers will just, oh, I'm going to ask for this price, yeah, exactly. see what happens. And they're like, well, I was wrong. I don't care. And, yeah. th- but you know, they, it was never worth that to begin with. Mm-hmm. Right. So it distorts things a little bit. Yeah. yeah. S- uh, selling prices will be the one to look at.
3: The worrisome thing about real estate is, is how many jobs are created from the industry, you know, indirectly, you know, so th- that's the thing that worries me.
1: Wait a minute, Graham, a question for mm-hmm. you. Do you think that luxury real estate sets any kind of, of trends, Like I'll, I've seen a lot of realtors kind of look at the luxury market if if, if nothing more than other than to see, because they equate the luxury market with more of a savvy investor, right? Uh, someone who's a little bit more money, who understands the economy a little bit better. Do you think the luxury market in any way informs the rest of the market? I
2: think it does. But I remember back like 2018, we saw a softening in the real estate market where prices across the board went down anywhere from like 5 to 10%. The luxury market got hit harder right i would say that would be in los angeles that was like five million and and up but was it first of or yeah that began to soften but i will say throughout the entire time properties under one and a half million dollars zero difference whatsoever went up in price oh wow. so like while the luxury market was was softening the less expensive homes just kept going up mm-hmm. and in a market like that sometimes there's like this reverse effect where if the luxury market's not selling as well because people don't want to spend as much money. Well, what are they buying? They're moving a step down. They're mm. moving a step down. So now you get all these buyers up here that are now buying in the mid-range and all the mid-range buyers are buying a little so, down. So, so you could so, say
1: that if you're seeing increased listings in the luxury uh, price, you could kind of say that that's the beginning of that potentially.
2: Potentially, but at that same time, we didn't see it decline long enough for there to be a substantial right. effect. But if anything, it made everything less Less expensive, LA was under $1.5 million, was even busier, right? and I, the prices just kept going up.
1: I guess the question I'm trying to ask is, for for the average person who has no intention, obviously, of buying a $5 million house, could they in any way, shape, or form use that price bracket as a way to inform themselves of something?
2: Well, 2018, it would have made no difference. I mean, if they did, they'd think the market's softening and okay. and then get caught paying more a year later. Okay. Probably not. So probably, uh, yeah. I would say it's just, it's such a, like a deal by deal basis. It's okay. like oh, the 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 most honest answer I could give is that you want to find the listing that has been overlooked and neglected. And for me, that's always been find a listing with really crappy pictures where the agent doesn't pick up their phone and it's been listed for a while. The seller overpriced it. They've reduced the price, but nobody pays attention to a 60 day old listing anymore. And so... They're priced where they should be, but they hit the market wrong. They're using the wrong agent. Um, those are like those are good deals, and you could go and yeah, negotiate. It seems those. like there's less and less of no, those. No, it's true. Yeah, but I don't want to say there's never a deal. There's there's always right. something that you could do. What was the average
3: yeah. uh, mortgage rate in 2018? Roughly?
2: probably four and a half four, percent. Yeah. It was in the forest, four and a half five. Okay, probably probably five on the high end. Uh four point two to five is what I'd say. Okay. Because I remember I got a loan at four point six two five, and that was good. I remember at that point, like, I had to move money over. I think it was with Chase. Like, I had to move money over to them, open up an account with with something. And I was like, that's a good rate. Oh, okay. I locked out on that. Yeah.
3: Because yeah, the, you know, if we're talking about six or seven percent on average, you know, this summer you're just in a very different mortgage environment. Plus, homes are far more unaffordable than back then. Plus, you have inflation. So I think we have. A lot of things really working. Yeah, but real now, now you have
2: less inventory. Back 2018, there's way more inventory. That's true. You had way more construction. But inventory construction. can change quick. It's going up, as we know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, depending. Yeah. on That's price true. Brackets. And that's true too. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe 2020,
3: 2023 but, is a year to buy real estate. But Jeremy, you're,
1: you're you're not obviously you're selling. You're in that seller right now. Yeah, yeah.
3: Correct. Yep. I'd rather get out and. um You know, plugging money into stocks right now. Mm -hmm. So this is a year for stocks for me, but maybe 23 is a year for real estate. We'll see. Mm. Um, I think there's a good probability that we could get some real weakness.
2: Jeremy. Yes. If you want a good investment, I'm being dead serious. This same applies to you, Andre. Okay. We got to bleep it out because I don't want to draw attention to it.
0: (laughs) Undisclosed investment.
2: I would say there's a 20% chance that I'm going to try to make a move on that as well. Oh, the twenty okay. percent chance. So realistically, why, it's not going to happen. Why is that such? All a... right,
3: Alex. Yeah, I want to. I want to hear your opinion on this. No, no, don't mention anything about what we're talking about right now, Alex. But I want to know your opinion on what Graham just said. Wait, hold on.
1: There. That's not fair. We should at least tell the audience like what the what the concept is, though, right? No, what, 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 there's no harm a, in that. It's just
0: a thing. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> well, that wouldn't make any sense. It, what do you okay, think about so this Graham, thing that you yeah. don't know? Okay, so for the audience to have context. Graham is looking at another alternative asset.
2: I I love alternative investments.
0: Another alternative (laughs) asset that well, let's just say it's Graham. Let's just say yeah. it's Graham. I anyway, hit hard on this alternative investment. It, it, it probably and is it what you well. think it is. It,
1: it probably is what you think
0: If it you is. think it is, it definitely is that. Yeah, yeah just whatever you
3: think that is. Graham just likes alternative investments because he doesn't have to see the price go down. On a daily basis, <laughs> yeah. like you do stocks or something like that. He's part like, part oh, of the appeal no, of it's, NFTs. Yeah, it sold two years ago for blah, blah, blah price, so it's worth, you know, just now. But anyways, Alex, what do you think about this? I want to hear your opinion.
0: I mean... I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't so, do it. Okay, okay,
1: Alex, this is a great question for me to ask you. Uh, we talked about watches, right? As alternative assets, if you knew you can get on a list for some fancy watch, right, and you knew you could even spend ninety percent of your of your net worth on something yeah. that you knew was going to quadruple at the moment you sold it, yeah, would you w- jump on okay. that?
0: Yeah, now I would do it. If you asked me, let's say like a year, well, a year and a half ago, two years ago, I would not do it. So, and the only reason I would say is like uh, being around you guys, y'all are crazy, but, uh, you know, seeing everybody make moves, it's like, it, it just, you're surround yourself with a different kind, different kinds of people, um, who kind of, uh, I don't know, you, you are kind of who you're around, right? And so now I wouldn't be as afraid to go in it. But if you asked me two years ago, when I'm working a job at the bank and my, wife has a job and we're just living this like regular life I'd probably be like, yeah, you Dude, know, that, I'll probably pass on that's
1: that. That's such a great point. Cause I think I would be in the exact same shoes. If, if before I started YouTube, before I started making a big income, I think I would have said the exact same thing.
0: Yeah. I would have said, why would I put my money into that? When I can, I had a wedding business at the time. I'd be like, well, why wouldn't I just put it into market? Well, I you're just so
1: risk averse. Like imagine investing 90% of your net worth into an alternative asset. Just like, no, nah, I'm all right. Yeah. But yeah.
0: now, no, like if I had an opportunity, let's say like a watch or something like that. Uh, yeah, I would, I would probably do that.
2: That's cool. But for you guys, I'm telling you.
0: Undisclosed investment.
2: Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> this thing, I'm telling you. Okay. I would do it. Okay. Cause, I would, uh, Jeremy scared yes, money don't make money
3: yeah i noticed yeah <laughs> i noticed Jeremy, I, think, I have zero uh, ambition to buy watches or i think or i anything.
2: think if you if you bought this and held onto it for 10 years i i would realistically see you doubling to tripling your investment that would be bad
3: i would never invest to triple in anything. to triple your money in 10 years never invest in anything i can only triple in well, 10 years I, and plus, I think it's probably... All I right, think it's probably, all right, I tried. I I, tried. I, right. I, I, you can't sell me on alternatives. I'm stocks in real estate. Like, the closest thing to an alternative I have is flipping
2: flapjack and silver. silver. No, yeah. Pokemon.
3: Oh, nah, I didn't even look at that as right. an investment. That's just oh, That's fun. not fair. That's <laughs> Come a big on, one. Jeremy. That's just fun. Bro, you spent
1: 24 grand on
3: that. <laughs> yeah, that's just playing around. <laughs> what? That's what? playing around. Pokemon.
1: The base the set base oh, booster great. box. He's got a base set booster yeah. box which i'm always
3: tempted to open
1: wait tell me what What convinced jeremy to be like yes pokemon it was
3: cool okay i I think if you own like a one of those boxes i think it's cool obviously the ultimate is a first edition let's be honest but i think it's uh i think just to own one of those boxes because you know there's a very limited amount still out there and they're never gonna in no disrespect to like rolex or ferraris or you know cars whatever but it's like they're always going to make more Rolexes in these things. No, they'll make like, more
2: Pokemon cards, that's but not true. that one. But that's they won't a make, good
3: point. you got a good they point. They won't make okay? more
2: Ferrari Testarossas from that's 1990. True. Right? That's yeah. a good point, Graham. You, got, right. you got me there.
3: I, <laughs> Did you I know I Pokemon
1: that. is the most valuable brand in the world? No, what? Yes.
3: Well, based on what, though?
1: Market cap. Really? Mm, yes.
3: What's the number?
1: I don't remember what the number is, but it's the most, more valuable than any IP in the what? world. Yeah.
3: That's crazy. Mm. Yeah. Well, they learn something new every day. But uh, yeah, so I mean, sometimes, it, but that's the thing for me. That's like, I bought that. I didn't buy it as an investment. I mean, cool if it appreciates and someday it's worth fifty thousand or hundred thousand. Like, cool. But it, I just bought it because it's cool. Right, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, that's what, cool isn't this
2: cool? This other investment? I don't think so. You don't think <laughs> No, Dan. No,
3: cool. I don't want to disrespect it because I know you just you know you got don't think it's cool? a
2: thing. Andre, I'm
1: telling. I think you, it's man. cool. I'm telling I, you. I think it's it. redundant. Yeah. What if what if you do it? I I thought about it, I, but but I'm looking at bleep this out Alex
2: no what it's a great great one it's fine but this is <laughs> on for a, peasants Andre this, <laughs> is on, this is on a different level I'll, it is on a different level I will, I it also will, costs on a different level I think when you look at the appreciation side by side this I, I think don't you think
1: that market is going to soften though no. what no it's exploded Mm-mm. it's going to
2: go down no uh, when you get when you get into the emotions of of collectibles, <laughs> that's a good you, one. What did Jeremy say? What did Jeremy say? Got, I'm gonna play it back now. You <laughs> yeah, <say. you're laughs> just, just No, just tell me what it is. Just, <laughs> you're gonna have to watch as the as episode, well.
3: Graham. You'll <laughs> be able to rewind it. Uh, Alex didn't hear it.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, you guys will hear it. my Well, lips
2: are sealed, man. Yeah. Anyway, when you get into the, the collectible aspect, you appeal to such a small subset of people yeah. that the, the price in the market doesn't make as big of a difference as how many other people have this one and the one that I'm talking about here. There, there's a hundred of them that exist in the world and of those hundred, it, it has a pedigree that just um, mm. doesn't exist. That's fair. So I guess I don't know enough to be
1: as confident as you. Yeah.
2: I mean, let's. I'll say this: See, you you, you want to sell it 24 hours? Not going to happen. Right. You want to sell it within three months? Right. You'll. It'll take some time to find that right person. But when you do, it will be the only thing that they want.
0: Mm.
3: That's a thing when I think you get into these things. Um, you know, these alternative <laughs> assets, if we want to call them that, right? Is to me it might mean nothing but to somebody else it means everything right right like that is so cool to them so something like that if you know somebody's a big fan of that and you know both those things together could be like that's like the most valuable thing in the world to them. Yeah. But everybody's got different <laughs> things they, they want to buy. Crypto, you know, you could you could offer me Ethereum at 1100. I might be like,
1: ah, You sound like Warren Buffett, man. <laughs> yeah,
3: somebody else is like, Ethereum's like, gonna be Warren Buffett's like,
1: like, if Bitcoin was all worth $100, I wouldn't pay that. I can't offer that. you yeah. guys a
2: chef oh, that's, that's a good shit. accent.
3: <laughs> uh, $6, I give you the chef and you're like, nah, I'm good. I give you a four. You're like, oh, I'm good. One yep. dollar, I'm good. I don't need the chef. You know, because you don't $1, value it. I would buy it at a dollar. No, you wouldn't. You still would. not <laughs> fifty cents, uh, you'd buy like, ah, You I know what? My goal would be it. to
1: own more shares than you, but like <laughs> just to flex. buy it at like a significantly lower price. Oh, Andre, that's mean. I know, but yeah. like imagine if I had, like put in fifty grand and I own
2: more shares. That would be messed up. Uh,
3: that I thought about an individual who could get me there. I'm not going to mention it. But yeah, anyways, yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> no, no, no.
2: Jeremy asked me about a loan.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Everybody values things differently. Though. Wait, That's Jeremy,
2: like,
1: like serious question. Yes. Uh, how big of a shareholder are you in the chef? <laughs> objectively, like amongst the shareholders of the company. About that too.
3: That's a good question. Uh, of an individual. Yeah. I don't know anybody that owns more shares than me.
2: Well, couldn't you look at the market cap, how many shares are outstanding, and say that I own X percent of the company? Yeah.
3: Yeah, um, it's under 1%.
2: It's under 1%. Yeah, under 1%. But but is it over half a percent?
3: I'd have to do the math. I don't know. I'll let you guys know in next week's episode.
1: What do you think is the number one? The... The uh, board, or who would be the number one? Uh, Sam
3: Galetti, the one that's the CEO of the company, okay. owns the most shares.
1: How much is he on? 50%?
3: Uh, no, it's not quite that much. It's, okay. a, it's a pretty substantial number, though. But uh, there's another company I own um, that I might have a bigger chunk of ownership in. Okay. But, anyways, I don't even want to mention that
2: one on oh, this. Oh, wow. Okay. So thing. here we go. Well, here's literally the answer here. Jeremy could see how he stacks up. <laughs> the top 10 shareholders of uh, Tattoo Chef. BlackRock owns 2.7 million shares. Oh, jeez. Okay. Vanguard Group uh, owns 3%. There's
3: no mirrors back here,
2: right? No, there's not. Goldman Sachs owns (laughs) 0.78%. Morgan Stanley owns 0.68%. Okay,
3: bust out your calculator real quick here. Well, just tell me how many. I mean, it shows how many shares they have. If you tell me, yeah. I got like a bunch of different shares. I need you to add up.
2: All right. Well, so far we got eighty-eight thousand. That's that's worse than inflation. One
3: thousand thirty shares, and that's about all I could find right now.
2: So, so let's we'll round it up. We'll say you have ninety thousand shares of Tattooed Chef. Okay. So that, yeah, I mean, you're not anywhere close. So. Uh, I need to get buying. So it takes 500,000 shares to get 0.6%. 500,000. That's the number. Whoa. So you're at probably 0.1%. Mm. Probably. I need
3: to get going, man. I haven't been buying enough shares. You're not even anybody until you own at least a half million shares. Do, in the you, shop. do you know your <laughs> average cost? Oh, gosh. It's probably like 16, 17. No <laughs> way. Yeah, it's way high compared Whoa. to where it's at. What is it at? Maybe 15. Six? Uh I think seven. Okay. Yeah, seven, eight, somewhere around there. So yeah, I, I need to get a lot of more shares. Thanks, Graham. That was gave me motivation. That's Going cool. for a half million shares. Can you get a loan? Guys. <laughs> Can you
1: guarantee me
2: that <laughs> 20? Yeah, how much well <laughs> let's just see really quick what, what that would cost to get so let's say you need four hundred thousand more shares. Okay. What's the cost right now? Seven, seven thousand. Two point eight yeah. mil? So seven dollars, yeah, two point eight million dollars yeah. is how much it would take.
3: Problem is, there's so many stocks that are cheap imagine, but I keep buying all these other stocks. Imagine seeing too.
2: Jeremy's name. It's like you see Vanguard, BlackRock. That would be <laughs> Jeremy, awesome. Jeremy
1: Lefevre, Dude. <laughs> That would be sick.
3: Can we please make that your goal? Uh, that's my goal now. That's oh my
1: cool.
2: gosh. I need to start making some money. <laughs> it just money. has like a hyperlink, like a subscribe. Uh, uh, like.
3: That would be my claim to fame. Oh my think, gosh. for sure. Jeremy, like, <laughs> would,
2: you, would you sell all the other shares and just put it all into Tattooed No, chef?
3: it'd be such a bad example. It'd be such a bad And plus, if things were to go bad with the chef. You know what I mean.
0: It's what about like, yeah? What about, that about that Planet 13? Jeremy, yeah.
1: diversification is just a proxy <laughs> for ignorance. That's true. Are yeah, you yeah, not committed?
0: Good. Jeremy, I have a question. If you <laughs> yes, had sir. the the option to sell out of uh, sell out of the chef right now at your cost basis, would you do it? Well, Ooh. I mean, he's gonna say no. Well, can I buy <laughs> back no. the same day for seven bucks or eight bucks? No, no, you got to be out of the chef forever.
3: I can never own the chef. No, again. never. Then I wouldn't.
2: Man, yeah. privately, is like I would.
0: Yeah, I know. All right, I don't like <laughs>
3: All right. Cut so cameras, cut so cameras.
2: I was looking at the biggest shareholders of Planet Thirteen. This is on Yahoo Finance. Ooh, I got a lot of shares of that one. Guess what? What? The top stock that people also watch, Tattoo shit No way. On Yahoo Finance, I guarantee you, you've had influence on that. <laughs> and don't tell me,
3: Corsair Gamings on that as well. No, <laughs> imagine Corsairs on it, and then uh. No, all the other
2: ones are Honest. all dispensary companies, okay. but the number one is Tattoo Chef. It's like you would okay, think. Go to other TTCF people now. look at look at Green Lab <laughs> Industries. It's like,
0: okay, Cannabis Corp. Tattoo Chef is number one.
2: Go to no. go to
3: TTCF and see if, if there's any correlation there. Okay, okay.
0: I'm on Robinhood right now. Yeah, I'm under TTCF. Okay, yeah. and underneath there's a thing where it says people also own. oh yeah this list is based on the portfolios of people on Robinhood who own ttcf uh it's not an investment recommendation it says here <laughs> corsair gaming no way the honest company <laughs> palantir technologies okay Dude, that's uh, your portfolio. Okay. I don't own now. it right now, but Palantir. I do okay. talk about Palantir. And then, that's it, because then it's just Dropbox. Okay. With, you know, Dropbox other... I own. Yep. Dude, oh, I... You, oh, Walgreens. <laughs> yep. is <on> here, but... <laughs> Walgreens, I used to have a million oh, smile dollars direct in. Direct Yeah, what? That's a very small position, but, but it is. But those is, are I down, down the. you know, those are do- I yeah, had to scroll
1: yeah. a little bit. Be, if you guys want to <laughs> wrap yeah, it up, Warren Buffett's top four stock picks in inflation. Did you see that list? What is it? It was Amex, Chevron, Coca-Cola, and Apple.
3: Oh, those are pretty much his four biggest investments. Yeah, well, I like But they've been his four them. biggest for a long time. Those are
2: great. Time. Yeah, I I, I own agree. those. Yeah. I agree with them. I mean, yeah. I don't see anything wrong. Amex is a fantastic company, too. Yeah. I, li- I like Amex sweet. a lot. Yeah, sweet. Well, with that long. said, not That's financial said. advice, but... Uh, <laughs> Thank you, guys. So much for watching. We'll link to FTX US down below in the description. Again, use the code MMFTX if you want to support the channel. Make sure to subscribe, hit the like button, and until next week. Peace.